Hey there, it's John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com, and welcome to another episode of The John Morris Show. And in this episode, I'm going to be answering another one of your questions, and this one I actually received from a coaching client of mine, and I know it's a popular topic and something that a lot of freelancers, especially freelance developers, deal with, so I wanted to go ahead and answer it here on the podcast as well. And the question is, how do I deal with scope creep? On freelance projects without being mean. So in this episode I'm going to show you how to handle scope creep in a way that your clients will find very difficult to say no to and you'll do it by being even nicer to them instead of mean so that you can eliminate your fear of setting boundaries and coming across rude. Now before I do that, I want to let you know to head on over to my YouTube channel and check out all the free training I have there. I have playlists on topics ranging from building your first website to responsive web design to PHP, MySQL, freelancing, and more. And all that's available over at youtube.com slash John Morris video. And I'll, of course, link to that in the description here. All right, so how do you deal with scope creep with on freelance projects without coming across mean? The first thing that you need to do is the thing that I constantly harp on, and that is to be a specialist, to target properly. Now, here's why this is especially important with scope creep, because when you position yourself as a specialist and you market yourself as a specialist, then you spend a lot of time telling people what you won't do, and clients see you as a hired gun. As someone brought in to do something very, very specific, and that's it. So when you market yourself as a specialist, most of the time, clients don't even think of having you do something else that's out of your specialty. Because that's what they see you as, as a specialist in that particular thing. And that's really all they want you to do. Beyond that, even if they do ask you to do something that's beyond the scope of what you've been hired to do, because you've marketed yourself as a specialist and positioned yourself as a specialist, saying no becomes really easy because you can almost you can almost take it as a bit of a shock, not necessarily feigned, but you you can approach it from the perspective of yeah, you know, that's not really what I do, you know, I'm hired to do this one specific thing and I come in and come in and do this and I'm not really good at any of that other stuff. And I think that's what a lot of developers are afraid to say. They're afraid to say that I'm not good at something because they believe that that will cause the client to lose trust with them or they'll lose credibility with the client. But the reality is, is the opposite is true. When you are willing to tell somebody, I'm not good at XYZ, that gives you credibility and believability when you say you are good at ABC. And so being willing to say you're not good at something gives you more credibility and clients actually trust you more. And then when you set boundaries and say, you know what, I'm not really good at that. That's probably not something you want to have me do. And it's really kind of outside the scope of what I've been hired for. It just comes across as natural. They understand it. 
And you, you rarely will get someone who is going to fight you very hard on that kind of thing. So again, the very first thing to do is to make sure that you're targeting properly and make sure that you're positioning yourself as a specialist because it, it really rarely will cross, cross a client's mind to have you do anything else when you do that. The second thing is, I kind of already mentioned, but is you need to set expectations from the start. So when I talk with friends of mine, I tell them about freelancing. I tell them that I spend more time telling clients what I won't do than what I will do. And that's very true. In fact, my hire me page, I have a video on there where I explain my services to potential clients. A good portion of that video is me talking about all the projects that I won't work on. And I even say in that video, for these particular things, I'm probably not the best person. I'm probably not the best person you can find for those things. Again, it establishes credibility. If you're willing to say and admit and to tell the truth about your skill and say, I'm not the best at this thing, you immediately establish credibility and people will trust when you say, but when it comes to this one thing, I am the best. And so if you do that from the start, from the very first video, your services page, anything that they see when they're thinking about hiring you and you set those expectations and you set those boundaries, then they come up knowing and expecting that that's just how it is. And I've had this happen. I Again, in all my marketing, I do this. And I've had clients who, when they hired me, asked me about doing, oh, just that one more thing. And I just stated, you know, that's not really what I was hired to do. If we want to work out a contract separate from what this one is, we can do that. But the scope of this particular project is to do this one thing. Especially if you're working with business owners, they'll respect that because they have customers or clients of their own. They know what it's like when someone asks them to do something that's outside of what they've really been contracted for. And so when you set those boundaries, you'll actually gain respect and you really, uh, they, they rarely, if ever, will ever try to do that again. So oftentimes you, you, you only have to set those boundaries once. And again, especially if you're setting the expectation from the start, they already know the answer when they ask you. Uh, I have clients who will, would email me and try to ask for something more. And in the email itself, they would say, I know you're probably going to say no. And so saying no becomes really, really easy if you just set those expectations from the start. And you do that by spending probably more time telling them what you won't do than what you will do. The final thing then is to just be transparent. And again, this is the part where you can actually come across as more human and more relatable when you do this. And so a lot of developers I find think that they have to, their relationship with their client has to be really distant and they can't relay anything personal to them or talk to them in any sort of personal bull way. It's the opposite. You really should be extremely personable with your clients. You want them to know you as a person and like you as a person. And being transparent on issues like this is one of the best ways that you can do that. 
And so a lot of times what I would tell clients when they pushed me on doing something that was beyond the scope of a project is I would be very, very transparent with them. And I would say, you know, in my past, I've had a lot of trouble saying no. And it's got me into some situations that were difficult for me and ended up being difficult for the client that I was working with because I agreed to things that I really felt were beyond what I should be doing or beyond what I could be doing. And it ended up causing the project to get off track, took longer than it should, ended up costing more money than it should. And I really don't want to get into that situation. And so what I like to do is the scope of the contract that I've been hired for is XYZ. And I would like to stick to that, get that done. And then if we want to talk about this other thing as a separate project, we can set that up. We can set a clear scope for that. And then I can deliver on that for you. So when you're transparent and you talk about your experience and talk about why you're so concerned about scope, your clients, again, they, they can relate to that. They can understand that and they appreciate that. And it will endear you to them because you're willing to be open and transparent and give the exact reasons why. And I would imagine anybody asking this question has had those problems. You're not you're asking this question because you've had problems with scope creep and you've seen what it does to projects. Don't be afraid to say that. Don't be afraid to talk about your experience and why you don't want to let this project creep beyond its scope. So again, be transparent with your clients, open up, tell them, you know, give them the experience behind why you're 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 setting boundaries. Even tell them, you know, it's hard for me to set these boundaries. This is a difficult thing for me to do. It's not, it doesn't seem like a smart thing to be telling a client no, but in this particular case, I, you know, I really think it's what's best for the project. And again, they'll appreciate it. So those are the three big things that you could do. The final piece then to kind of tie this all up for the very practical minded of you out there is that you also need to make sure that in your contract, you have a well-defined scope. And so in my contracts that I signed with clients, I would have a well-defined scope. I would even list things in there that I wouldn't do. And I would put the line in there, if this is something you want me to do, then we can talk about it as a separate project and a separate contract. So you put it in your contract so that you have the legal backing that if they really tried to push you on it, you've already agreed in your contract that this is the scope and that you're not going to move beyond it. And these are the things that you won't do because you'll find, I'm sure you, like me, there's certain things that, common things that clients always kind of try to ask you to do or want you to do. And so you, and that, that are beyond really the scope. And so you can put those things in the contract and say, look, I'm not doing these things. So again, lock it all in with your contract. Make sure the scope is well-defined and it's in your contract. And here's the thing. If you're doing number one, you'll be doing the same kind of projects over and over and over again. So you'll have a really good idea of what the scope is and what you need to lay out specifically in the contract to define that scope. So doing number one is the most important thing that you can do for yourself. It's what's going to make everything else a whole heck of a lot easier. 
Now, if you have a question for me, you can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash Cora and invite me to answer your question over there. You can tweet me at JP Morris or you can ask me your question on Facebook slash John Morris online. Also, if you like this episode, be sure to like it so that I know this is the kind of content you're after. And if you haven't yet, subscribe so you don't miss out on all of the future episodes and tutorials and everything that I release here on YouTube. Finally, if you haven't yet, head on over to johnmorrisonline.com and download my free cheat sheet, seven strategies to turn your code into cash. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.